MSing About Productions presents MSing About, a podcast about nothing. usual podcasts are unpredictable rambles about nothing in particular, I wanted to hone in on a specific today that is very current, recognition of Indigenous Australians. It's a bit serious, but hello, Katrina. Oh, hello, Ian. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, a million people have voted already or something like that. Oh, wow. And a lot are doing it in six sleeps time Mm. with a democracy sausage. And I wanted to make an Australian first today. Oh, okay. I want to have a conversation about the voice. Right, okay. Because I've noticed that no one's had a conversation yet. They've had arguments Mm. and disagreements and no one's going to get persuaded by the yes or no argument because they've already made up their mind. And both sides have misinformation and there's a fear campaign. It's a little bit like our podcast. There's a lot of information about nothing. <laughs> yes, there is. You so see, it's really and, hard to make a decision. And the last referendum about Indigenous Australians was 1967 mm. and it got a 90-something percent yes. Right. And you know why? Why? Because there was no no campaign. There you go. Bipartisan, will we recognise... Indigenous Australians in the census, which means, shall we recognise the Indigenous people as people? Here's the referendum question. A proposed law to alter the constitution to recognise the first peoples of Australia by establishing an uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander voice. That's all it is, yes or no. Now, I've got a mate. We've mm-hmm. got a mate, Dave. We do. He's got an argument that he would go, yes, I recognise Indigenous people as the first people of Australia, but I don't want the voice because you could put the voice into Parliament anyway and see if it worked and then throw it out if it didn't. Hmm. That's his no argument. That's why it's so wishy-washy because even though it is enshrined in the Constitution, you can still change the voice. Oh, you know, absolutely. like the Liberal candidate. And Noel Pearson... Yes. He said that the vast majority of white Australians don't know Indigenous Australians or even if they've met one or two, they've never had them inside their home for a meal. That's interesting because the the same-sex marriage debate was on if you don't know, say no, vote no. And every Australian knew someone who was gay. Most people don't know in any Indigenous people. And that's why I wanted to... You went to school with a lot of Indigenous people. I do, and I have friends who are Indigenous. Oh, do you? Yeah. All right, so that means you would have invited your little friends at school home to your place. Absolutely. Because a lot of people reckon they know Indigenous people, but going to school with them without playing with them isn't. So you've got friends. Friends, yep. So you have had dinner with people who are Indigenous, and they're not much different to us, are they? Not at all. No. We're all the same. It doesn't matter what our skin colour is. It doesn't matter well, that's where no, we come and from that's or what no, That's no, no Pearson's argument mm. that a lot of people don't get, that it's about Indigenous Australians, not about black Australians, because Indigenous people in Finland have blonde hair and blue eyes, but they have an Indigenous parliament as well, a yeah, voice. Right. They meet six weeks a year, discuss the Indigenous issues, and then they go to the Parliament with it. So, anyway, I wanted to tell you Mm. about my experience with Indigenous Australians. Not as good as yours, because you went to school with them. I didn't. 
I grew up in a country town where Aboriginal people were ostracised. They lived on a mission outside of town. They didn't mm. come to our school. They had their own place. And we, I used to drive every weekend <coughs> with my mum and dad from Gundagai to Tumut. And the mission was at Brungle, halfway between. And quite often there'd be Indigenous people hitchhiking. And my dad would pull over and we'd pick them up. And my sister and I'd jump into the front seat because she didn't have seat belts. And no, four not or, the good old days. Yeah, four or, four <laughs> or five of our Indigenous brothers would hop in, and sisters yeah. hop into the back seat. And I thought they chose to live there because of, they had skin colour in common, just a little kitty like me. Not realising that they were put on that mission. Mm. And I didn't realise until very recently that nearly every town in Australia has a boundary road or a boundary street. There's one just up the road here. And is that what that means? It means you can't come across there, Blackfella. This is the boundary. Oh, my word. That's... Uh, that would be horrible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my other connection I had as a young kid, we had an Albert Namajira painting over the fireplace. Oh, wow. Not a real one. Okay. A print. We a couldn't, print. We couldn't, <laughs> yeah, print. But in 1950. Albert was given an extraordinary invitation mm. to apply for citizenship in his own country and become a white person. Oh, isn't that ridiculous? Because you know, he was a well-known international painter. So he applied for citizenship and got it, which meant he was allowed to vote, he was allowed to buy a house, yeah. he was allowed to drink alcohol, and he got put in jail for giving alcohol to family and friends, which was illegal for white people to supply black people with alcohol. I'm just gobsmacked. I really am. I just that we can feel that we are entitled to impose those restrictions on another human being. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is before your time, but I went through my Teens, and I was aware of Indigenous Australians like uh, there was a singer, Jimmy Little. Oh, yeah. yes, I've heard of him. Heard of him. Boxer Lionel Rose. Uh-huh. Uh, foot pl- football player, my favourite footy player, Arthur Beetson. Oh, yes. Uh, Yvonne Goolagong was playing tennis. Yes. And I didn't consider them in any way different to white Australians. No, not at all. Same way I look at Jessica Malboy, Miranda Tapsall, Ash Barty, uh, Baker Boy, Adam Goods, Jonathan Thurston. Yeah. I just see them as people. Who do beings. do things? Yeah, that's it. Um, so yeah, so I was too young to vote in the 1967 referendum, but 1972 I was introduced to the gap between black and white Australians, and I lived in Newport in New South Wales on the northern beaches, and I used to hitchhike to the nearest bus stop, and quite often I was picked up by this this bloke who lived at the end of the parade, and he was my local member of Parliament, Billy Wentworth, right. and under the Prime Minister's John Gordon. Billy McMahon, he was the first Minister for Aboriginal Affairs. There you go. Because they weren't people until 1967. Okay. And he'd tell me about how Aboriginal people were dispossessed and they were deserving of land rights. And he was a Liberal. He was quite... He, mm. he was a ratbag, but he, it was fun trip with him. And my bus ride, after he dropped me off, I went to Seaforth Technical College, where one day in 1972, where there was a guest speaker, an Aboriginal activist by the name of Gary Foley. Uh-huh. And Gary Foley and I hit it off and we were sitting, We spent the whole afternoon sitting in the courtyard chatting and smoking and he swung me to what was going on. Then he went down to Canberra and set up a thing called the, the Aboriginal Tent Embassy on the lawns of Parliament House. Nice. And he set up the Aboriginal Legal Service in Redfern. And Redfern, the scene of one of two unpleasant encounters I've had with Indigenous people. Okay. Annie and I got married in 1979. 1980, we were looking for our first house. 
and we found one we could afford in Caroline Street, Redfern. There you go. So You're we moving were, in. Yeah, we're moving in. <laughs> and we were talking to the real estate agent in the street after our inspection and an apple core exploded at <gasps> Anne's feet and a, a voice yelled out, Lock off, Whitey. So we did. We didn't even notice that there were black people in the street. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we decided, no, we're not going to fit in here. Yeah. The other encounter I had wasn't quite as aggressive. Okay. But I've told you about now Dave and I did a stage show where he blacked up. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it was called Black and Blue. Yep. He was black, the walkabout <laughs> man, and I was blue, his little gay mate. <laughs> and it was a black eye for the white guy. Right. And we did this stage show. You see, Dave grew up on a property in our back Northern Territory, actually with an Aboriginal accent because the only mates he had were Aboriginal. Yeah, that's it. And he's, he, and he's considered one of their mobs. So we did this thing, not even thinking for a moment that they might be wrong, but they sent along a contingent of political correct Nazi people from the government and they cornered us at the bar afterwards and said, that's very offensive, dressing up, pretending to be Aboriginal. And we said, were you offended? by any of the words and not one of them but you're not allowed to dress up as a black person and we went well at the time there was a fellow called con the fruiterer and he wasn't greek and there was a a person called dame edna everidge and 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 she wasn't a woman so that was our argument that we were doing a character but anyway we never did it again because they won but back in the early 80s yes after we bought a modest home in Leichhardt, not in Redfern... Yes. Annie had a job in the Department of Education doing, developing the maths curriculum for New South Wales. And working alongside her, heading up the Aboriginal Education Unit, was a woman by the name of Linda Burney. She's, right. a, she's our current Minister for Aboriginal Affairs. Yeah. And the first time we met socially was at a dinner party and I offered to pour her a glass of wine... And she said, no, thank you. And I said, no, you don't like wine. And she said, I, I love wine. I enjoy wine at home. But if I got as tipsy as some of you white fellows at gatherings like this, just give weight to the myth that black fellows can't handle alcohol. Mm. And around this time, 1972, 73, I started at university and I did political science. And my main lecturer was a fellow by the name of Donald Horn. And Donald, one of Australia's national living treasures, he wrote a book called The Lucky Country. Oh, I've heard and, of that. And 28 other books. And we used to live on the same bus route, so we used to get oh. the bus together and we got to know each other very well. Now, Donald was an, an editor of a magazine called The Bulletin. Ah, yes. Yeah. And the bulletin slogan, which he removed, was Australia for the white man. Mm. And he <laughs> removed that. So he actually had a bit of a mentoring on me as well. And then Annie and I did a magazine. Yes. Called Kids Zone. National magazine for 9 to 14-year-olds. And we interviewed celebrities, TV stars, See, sports you've people. you've some people in your life, haven't you? I have. But one yeah. of the people I met there was Ernie Dinger. Oh, yes, I've You've met Ernie. Ernie. I yeah. Know. Nice Great guy. Yeah. yeah. And to me, Ernie was an entertainer i think he was something called the great outdoors or some yes, and he was a stand-up comedian and i saw him as an entertainer and a celebrity first and didn't even notice his aboriginality no, no, until he taught me how to tickle a trout <laughs> but that, you know we got on very well and yeah. in 2003 he wrote the forward to my book on australia small guide to a big country so you know i but that's not your everyday Indigenous Australian, although Ernie reckons he did invent Welcome to Country, what do you call it, the burning thing? Oh, the, okay. The, the fire ceremony? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, fast forward to 2000. Mm -hmm. 
we were living in Vanuatu and we had a holiday in Brisbane. We were there to see Cathy Freeman win gold at the Sydney Olympics. Oh, did you really? Well, we didn't go live. We watched on the telly. Oh. <laughs> and even when she wrapped herself in both the Australian flag and the Aboriginal flag, I saw it as a thing of unity. And, so and most people saw it as a protest. Yeah, I know. And Crazy. Anyway, that, when Laura was a bit more astute than I was because mm. we were walking through Fortitude Valley in Brisbane and there were some Indigenous people hanging about. Anyway, little Laura, she was four at the time, said... Daddy, how come the black people here aren't happy like they are in Vanuatu? So she picked up on something that I just didn't even notice. Yeah. Fast forward again to now. Mm. My wife Annie develops courses for the Centre for Indigenous Training. She does. And the director and Annie's boss is Wesley Aird. I'm just going to mention that Noel Pearson, if you're listening, I have had a few Aboriginal Australians <laughs> I at my... I fallen asleep, people. <laughs> no, no, I've had a few Aboriginal Australians at my dining table, but not just the high-profile people like Wesley and Ernie and hmm. Linda, but a lovely bloke by the name of Cole who put my driveway in. <laughs> I voted, I voted yes, and I hope I'm on the right side of history, but I won't be. And... The slogan, if you don't know, vote no, was used in same-sex marriage. And the thing is, nearly all of us have a friend or a family member who was gay. So we didn't have the fear that comes with this referendum. Mm. Now, there were rabid white, right, right, I was going to say white-wingers, right-wingers, like Bronwyn Bishop and Corey Bernardi, who said, if you vote yes to same-sex marriage, tip of the iceberg stuff there, we'll have... People wanting polygamy and and bestiality, oh, and, and so we all went. No, that's not on. That was no. A, no, that couldn't. But scare this tactics. scare tactics. But the scare tactics this time are working. Like Pauline Hanson. Well, if you want to go to the beach, the <coughs> Aboriginal owners will want us to pay money if you're white. That's just rubbish. But that's Pauline. <laughs> but Peter, you know, Peter Dutton's done the same. He's made it political, and they put this fear that it's the tip of the iceberg stuff. But it's not. It's just, oh, I'm getting on my soapbox. You are, aren't but you? We keep going. But no, but <laughs> you see, defence is enshrined in the Constitution. Yes. What isn't enshrined is how many submarines we're going to buy. Hmm. So the detail is nutted out by Parliament. So all we're enshrining is that there is an advisory body to government on matters pertaining to Indigenous Australians. I'm predicting about 60% of people will vote no at least and the six, five out of six states will vote no. Well, I have to say this is going to be one election I'll be watching on television. Well, I think we'll find out pretty quickly <coughs> that it's mm. no. And uh, my thing is that it's because of the fear and the political scare campaign and we will continue to live in an unreconciled country, which I find sad. Yeah, it is sad. It, you know, and we shouldn't be, in, in this day and age, we should be united as one. We are all human beings. We should be. So, to alter the Constitution to recognise the first people of Australia by establishing an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island voice doesn't scare the hell out of me. Do you want to tell me why you're voting no? Oh, I'm still on the fence. Yeah. You're still on the fence? Still on the fence. I'm, I'm, I actually but, don't but, 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 have a lot of there is, Yeah, because so. there's not a lot of detail. Mm. That's why the Republican referendum didn't get up, because they harped on that thing of, yeah, where's the detail? Who's going to vote for the Governor-General? Who's going to, are we going to have a President? Where's yeah. the detail? And it's the same thing here. That's up for both Houses of Parliament or both sides of Parliament to determine. Yeah. Because that, that should have been a simple question. Do we want 
to continue with the Queen of England being our head of state, or now the King of England, King of England. person, or do both houses of Parliament vote, you know, both sides mm, of Parliament. Yeah. That, that's all the detail. All we're doing is recognising that there were first peoples. Mm. And I, I have no problem with that because we turned up here, waving our little thing in 1788. Most Indigenous people say, I'm glad you came because we've got education and we've got all these wonderful things. But did you know, in those massacres of North Queensland, yeah. as many Aboriginal people were killed as the whole of Australia in World War One, 60,000 people. Oh, so you, I can understand why people are still a little bit angry at colonialism. Yeah, for sure. So this to me is reconciling, <clears throat> move on. We'll work out together who whether we do Australia Day... If you do Australia Day, you're not going to be celebrating the first fleet. You're going to be celebrating we're all Australians. From this point on. Yeah, that's yeah, why that's that's right. I'd, I'd recognise yeah. all the bad things done to Indigenous yeah. Australians and move on. Well, we can't change what's happened, but we definitely No, we can't. But, yeah, and yeah. Uh, oh, I'll go quickly on that yeah, too. The Peter Dutton back in 2007... Mm said that if Kevin Rudd says sorry to the stolen generations, we'll be up for $10 billion next week in reparation. Uh, Didn't happen. No, that's And so, uh, this is the same. It's not going to happen. They're not going to be calling out for, well, we've done the land rights if we need to recognise equality. And that way people go, oh, well, the, the Muslims don't have a voice to parliament. No, 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 not the same. We're talking about the first people. And all the immigrants that we've had, the migration, they're all Australian. Yeah, that's right. So we move forward as Australians. I don't, don't see a problem, but that's my soapbox done. You, <laughs> and if you're still sitting on the fence, you've got six more sleeps to decide. I do. I'm actually sitting on the squeakiest chair. I don't know if you've heard it. The, the squeaky whole fence. Yeah. Oh, I wonder what's wrong with that. Oh, I think it needs some tightening up. <laughs> Yeah, like this podcast. Yeah, probably does. I wouldn't does. have called that a chat, but it was a lovely, it was a rant. informative. Yes, it was thank a, you. It was a rant, I know, but how do you have a chat quickly about such an important oh, thing? Oh, you can't. And we and we did actually do. Um, we we had a bit of a conversation at work the other day, and it was very informative. I sort of just was happy to sit back and listen, and listen to the two points of argument, and um, and but it wasn't heated, which was really good. It was actually a really healthy discussion about this very said topic we've been talking about yeah. today. And so yeah, it was it was really good. I, well, so I think I, people I, are talking I, anyway, which is good. I think that's why I got on my soapbox. I'm not angry. No, no, no. But no. I've got a daughter who has rung a couple of times going. Oh, we've had people at our work and I don't know which way to go because yeah. they put arguments both ways. Yeah. And if you're fence-sitting and daughter's fence-sitting, a lot of people may be doing that and decide on the day. Well, I think also too because we're still waiting for the information to be given to us about we're done. what we're, it really we're, is. We're not going to get any and more than no, that, though. I, I, no, you're right, and we're not. And so The, you the, know, the bit I hate, which you might get on Saturday... Yeah. It's the abuse for not taking the pamphlets and yes, you know, the yes, yes and no. And yeah. Why are people... Why is it so hard? Why do we need to spend all that money printing how to vote? But oh, anyway... Uh, well, yeah, well, but... Uh, well, October 14 or maybe October 15, we will Octo know. Yeah, I will probably mm. know on the... Definitely on the 15th. And I dare say we'll be back here discussing it. Oh, sometime, yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, it'll take a couple of weeks of mourning for me, but we've got to judge them on their character and their good deeds and what they do. Oh, <laughs> and Martin Luther King. 
Okay. Didn't he? In my, I have a dream that all people will be judged by the content of their character, not the colour of their skin. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>